Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. Today, I have with me a great guest that I'm really excited to introduce to y'all. I have Shay Wingate. She's also known as the Grief Girly on Instagram. And um, I just want to kind of put a trigger warning out there for today's podcast. We will be talking about grief. And just to be real honest, I kind of had to prep my heart for this mm-hmm. podcast this morning and just get in the right um, space for myself. So you may just want to take a second and decide if now is the right time for you to listen to this and just, you know, um, get ready to dive into some deep topics. So Shay, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself first. Just so okay. I know you. Okay. Um, so like about me, not my law story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So mostly about me is that I am a grief therapist. Someone asked me the other day what I do for fun. I was like, I work and <laughs> I walk my dog. So, um, so yeah, so I work full time as a therapist. I own my own practice and I feel really lucky to do what I love. It feels really great to connect with people and to help support them. So, um, so yeah, so I live in Nashville, grief therapist, woman, business owner. Um, but yeah, and of course I have like my own grief story, but um, I'd be happy to share that too, if you think that's something. Yeah, let's go ahead and go through it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I'll do like a quick version. I'm pretty open about my story, but, you know, I lost my dad, sister, and mom within 13 months, and it was just like a whirlwind of grief. So I had previously studied to be a therapist and went to grad school, and in that time, you get to kind of pick something that you're interested in to focus on. Like some people pick child development, some people pick trauma. I picked grief and I don't really know why. I just thought it was so interesting and needed. And um, I like to say the universe said, okay, you want to know about grief? Well, here you go. Here's a big serving of grief. Here's your personal lesson in this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, it was so interesting in my own grief grieving process of being like, I know what the research says. I know what the books say. But wow, like feeling it in your body, experiencing it in your life is just a different story. So it was really um, important to me to take my school knowledge and my lived experience and bring it together and help support people with something that we are all going to go through. We're all going to go through loss, whether it's loss like someone I love died or loss like I'm retiring or got a divorce or I moved to a new city and I don't know anyone here. I think that's so important that grief is not always just the loss of a loved one. Like you mentioned, yeah. it can be mm-hmm. so many big changes in our life. Yeah. Right. We do all go through it, but I think when we go through it, we feel like we're the only one going through it. Right. It's very isolating yeah. and lonely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Grief is very lonely. And that's a good way to put it because, you know, no one's really going to know your pain because you are walking through this grieving, this relationship that you have with this person. And it's so unique and special. And so while I definitely think, you know, grief is not something we're supposed to go through alone completely, we need support. There are places in grief, you're going to have to walk alone. And my goal as a therapist is to help give people tools for when they have to walk those places alone. And everyone grieves so differently. So I thought, oh, my siblings will like understand exactly what I'm feeling, we'll be able to help each other out. And of course, we did. But you know, their relationship with um, my dad, mom and sister was so different than mine. Their personality is different. They just needed different things. So even though you think maybe your family will really understand, you have to remember, they're trying to stay afloat too. They're also grieving. They're not the best version of themselves right now. That's so important. We're all at different stages and we want to lean into our loved ones, but they might not understand where we are at that moment. And it can create conflict, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what we want and need is so different. And so you have to learn how to communicate that. It's a lot of what I do with people is talking about how you can communicate what you want and need. And first you have to figure that out for yourself. So like that is a big um, barrier for people too. They don't even share what they want and need. And so uh, they're not able to communicate to those around them. Yeah. 
And my story is I lost my mom and then shortly after I lost my stepmom and it felt like grief upon grief. And when you're going through that, you can't even like see straight, you know, like you're abandoning life. But I I don't even remember the first year after my mom passed decisions and I did things and I went to work. But literally, if you ask me how I did that, I don't even know. So finding someone that can coach you through that Mm -hmm. so you're really navigating it so much better. Absolutely. And you like when you're going through something like that, other people in your life are grieving too. And then it's compounded loss. And you really have so much or for me, I had so much that I wanted to say, I could have talked about my grief for so long. I also my mom was sick when my dad and sister died. So I was like, I want to take care of her. I don't want to be putting all of this on her. And and so it's just nice to have a neutral person to share that with who's an outsider, they're not grieving, they're not emotionally like wrapped up in the same way that your family and friends might be. And then you can just, you know, relationships are complicated, you're grieving someone who you had a real life relationship with. So maybe you're feeling angry at them. Mm. That's such a common response in grief, or you're feeling kind of numb. And so sometimes people don't want to say those things to a loved one, like, actually, I'm not feeling really anything while they're sitting there saying, Oh, I'm feeling so sad. I can't believe that person's gone. It's really nice to have an outside supporter. Yeah, safe space to kind of get it all mm-hmm. out. Um, I think a lot of people don't feel like they're ready to talk about it. Like, how would you encourage people to reach out to someone as a grief coach? Because I feel like that it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I would just validate to somebody, anyone who like reached out to me, I say like, you know, I know the first step is so hard. Like, thank you for reaching out and doing this for yourself. Because yeah, people don't want to deal with grief. When I first started my business, I thought, what am I doing? What kind of business plan is this? A grief therapist? Who wants to come and talk about their grief? And so if you don't feel like you're ready, that's okay. But I wouldn't wait until you feel like you're ready because you may not ever really be ready. You can acknowledge those feelings. I don't feel ready or more accurately, like I feel nervous. Mm. And then reaching out, sometimes just taking that first step is the hardest And you can try on different things. You can try on a support group. You can try using the, like, there's an app called grief works. That's really great. But might be like a step before meeting with someone in person, like meeting with someone individually. So there's a lot of different things you can try. You can try listening to a podcast like this, reading a book and seeing if those things help you, you know, at least start moving in that direction. Yeah. I love that. I love the different examples. Cause I can remember a friend of mine giving me a book and I wasn't ready for it. I just put it down. I don't <laughs> think I even opened that book still. That I'm yeah. About. I've been given books about <laughs> grief and I have never, I don't know where they are, <laughs> <laughs> but that was really helpful for that person. That's why they passed it along. But for me, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, thank you. I can't, I, my heart can't do that yet. You know? Yes, absolutely. One thing I did was I just, I was tired all the time when I was grieving. That's a really common, um, like response for people. I was laying in bed a lot, looking at my phone a lot. So then I decided, okay, I'm just going to follow all of these grief accounts on Instagram. I'm laying in bed. I'm tired. I don't feel like I can get up and go to an appointment or go to a group yet. So I'm going to look at Instagram accounts. And it made me feel so much better because other people were talking about their grief. I didn't feel so isolated. I started putting language to how I was feeling and I could connect with people. And then from there, I found their website, their podcast or other things that they did. So I think that's a really easy start to just follow some grief accounts. Yes, I love that. I love that. For me, I would reach out to people I knew had lost specifically their mother. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like, I need someone who understands, even though we all have different relations with our mother, I needed someone who understand what the loss of a mother was like. So that for me, talking it through someone on a one-on-one, very personal basis was helpful. Yeah, that's definitely. Why I, I remember... Is so effective. Go ahead. Yeah. I remember going to a grief group and feeling so nervous. Like I was so sweaty going into that group. I was terrified. And so I think, you know, that might be a really big step for someone, but like what you said, if they talk to someone they know and they kind of get that validation that you might be finding in a group, then it's just like less, less unknown. But then I did the, I was so proud of myself for going and doing the group and I did it and it wasn't so bad and it was helpful and it helped move me in a better direction. And it's okay that you were nervous. Like, like I was nervous. Of course I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. I think that helps us build confidence in ourselves too. We do the hard things and we're like, wow, I actually did that. You know, yeah, absolutely. I can do more capable things. Yeah. 
So what does um, it look like? So people, you know, get over the nerves, they reach out to you, you have a discovery call, right? Where they mm-hmm. can reach out. Yeah, yeah. Kind of walk me through what that looks okay. like, the next steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So people can like email me or message me and um, I'll find a time for to talk with them for 15 minutes. Just like, I want to make sure that I understand what they need and that it's a good fit. I want people to be able to chat with me, try to ease some of their nerves. And if I'm not a good fit for whatever reason, then I want to help them find a good fit. And I, you know, it's a discovery call to see if you want to work with me, but if you're not like wanting to work with me for whatever reason, I want to help get you somewhere or give you some resources. So yeah. So if, they decide that it is a good fit and they want to work with me and I feel like I can help them with what they're going through, then we'll just schedule um, a, a first meeting. And the first meeting is really just like talking about their story, what they need, like a lot of me asking questions and listening to what's going on with them. And then, you know, as we like get into the grief work, a lot of what I do is educate people about grief. We really don't understand a lot about it or what's happening and so educating people and like I said helping them communicate helping them find ways to spend time with their grief befriend their grief integrate their loss into their life grieve themselves you have died when someone you love dies you're not the same person anymore so helping them just a personalized approach to understanding what they need I love that are all of your visits virtual or do you do some in person yeah, I do some in person. So I have an office in Cool Springs and I'm there um, in person two days a week. And yeah, virtual is like an option any day of the week. I think, you know, virtual, it just depends on the person. Virtual is nice because you don't have to get up when you're grieving. That can be really hard or it's just easier sometimes with work and stuff. Um, but then, you know, some people do like in person and that's an option too. I understand that. Sometimes people will meet with me in person a few times, feel more comfortable, get to know me and then once they feel better, can go virtual if that's easier for them. How long are y'all meeting each time? About an hour. I mean, the session's an hour. So like at the end, we'll kind of wrap up and talk about do we want to reschedule and kind of just go over what we talked about that day. And, you know, people meet with me about like two to four times a month, more frequently in the beginning as they feel better, meet with me less often. But, you know, like everyone is so different each grief is uniquely complicated and their needs might change. And, and sometimes people want to come back or meet with me more frequently during like the holidays or times of their loved one's death anniversary. And I definitely understand that. Yeah. That's so important to bring up. Just like there are hallmarks that hit us a little bit harder. You think you're doing great. And then a song comes on the radio or a smell or the holiday or a birthday. So that's really important that that you have that resource to reach out to yeah, absolutely. And my goal is to help empower people to be able to manage their life on their own. Like, of course, I'm there for them as long as they need that. But like grief isn't going away. It's something that you're going to be carrying the rest of your life. But instead of just having this big gaping hole, we want to grow around the loss and have uh, different tools and um, like things that we can come back to. And mostly, if you're befriending your grief, if you're integrating it into your life, you're getting to know what you need you're not like afraid of it, then when, not if, but when it does stir up and want some attention and come knocking at the door, you know what to do and you're not avoiding it, which is going to make it be like bang on the door or burst in when you're in a meeting at work and you're crying and then you're embarrassed. And that's like, not what I want for people. I love that. I love that term, like grow around the loss. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 There's so many lessons we learn through grief. If we, like you said, just kind of pay attention and accept it. Um, What are some of the biggest lessons that either you've learned or you hear frequently from people through the process? Yeah. I like what other people, like I talked about at the beginning, they learn about what they need. They get to know themselves better. They learn how to communicate with others about what they need. They learn how to take care of themselves and respond to what they need. They're not like so afraid of their emotions anymore. And um, just like uh, emotional maturity can be like developed a lot through this process, you know? And then for me, I, I mean, I definitely learned those things too. Also, I don't really sweat the small stuff anymore. Like I, I, I could not have even said my story before it happened. Like that would have been terrifying to me. I could not have even imagined that. 
but now it's like I've been through something really difficult and I know I can get through whatever else like yeah. comes my way yeah. and yeah like I try to live a life that really matters so like after um my mom died uh, like about a year later I started my own business because I was like I want to do what is meaningful to me in my life and I want to live a life that's maybe a little bit slower and more focused on the things that I find meaning in. I love that. So I started my business the same year my mom passed too. And it just was like, I was in a very corporate job that was stressful. And I was like, life's too short. Your whole worldview changes. Yeah. And you realize we're, I mean, we know it in our heads. We're not guaranteed forever, but when someone really close to you is gone, it really just sinks into your heart. Like, oh my goodness, what am I, what do I need to do with my life? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, other things sort of fall away that don't matter as much. And you just like going through like the grief process, facing my grief, doing things like going to a a group, like all of these ways that I showed up for myself and felt really proud of myself. You build a lot of confidence in yourself. Are there any like practices or tools that you find very helpful for people? Yeah, I think that um, spending time with your grief is very helpful. You can't support yourself if you don't know what you need. And if you don't like know what your grief is asking for, you can't give it to yourself. So, so whatever that means for you, like spending time with my grief for me meant cooking. I really liked to cook when I was, I would still love to cook, but um, it wasn't something I did before, but then it was like a way for me to kind of slow down. It was a nice a moment to just like stop. And sometimes it was nice to kind of take a, a break from the ruminating and the stress in my head and focus on a recipe. And then the creating of the food and get, feeding people felt so opposite of death. And so that was really nice for me in a gentle way to be like, I'm taking care of myself. So, um, so yeah, like, and I could just sort of think and just be, be a little slower in my life. Some people that might mean going for a run. Some people might journal, some people, um, you know, might want to talk it out, but also another thing I like to do and I recommend to people a lot is, um, finding rituals around loss. Rituals are so healing. So that might mean you get, uh, this is something I did, like get some special candles that like one represented my dad, mom and sister, like the color, the smell, like the way the candles looked all kind of were meaningful to me and like lighting them. It was kind of like meditative for me. I could watch the flame. I could sit there as long as I wanted. I could smell the scent and um, really engage my senses. And sometimes I could light it and just like blow it out. And sometimes I could light it and leave it on and sit with it or light it and walk away and still be like kind of reminded of it. So that was something that was really nice for me that felt like I'm going to like almost like a grief altar and like giving my you know time and spending a little bit of a, a moment and other cultures do these things and they matter. Humans like rituals and we need that kind of touchstone. Then my parents and sister were cremated. So I, I have clients who go to the, um, like the cemetery and that's like one girl, um, brings a Diet Coke every time she sees her mom and cause her mom loved Diet Coke. So that's, um, her way of doing that. But since we didn't have that headstone, like the candles were nice for me. I love that. I've never heard that. I'm going to go buy some candles today, actually, and sort of incorporate that ritual into my practice too. Yeah. Yes. I love that one. It was just, um, just so nice for me. I actually have like pictures. It's um, a little place in my house. There's some pictures, there's the candles, there's my dad's like um, funeral, like, um, I don't know, pamphlet that that's there too. So yeah, it really was meaningful to me to create that space. Um, I kind of want to go back to the cremation because that's something I myself was not prepared for. I cremated my mom also, and nobody prepares you for that experience. So how do you support people through the whole thing, getting the ashes um, and then what to do afterwards? That is, I'm so individualistic and my experience is super hard around that. Yes, it, uh, it is so hard. And there's so much to do when someone dies. It is such a busy time. And I tell people, your brain wants to protect you. You kind of go a little bit numb, a little bit like, um, like I have this like adrenaline rush. You're just sort of going through the motions. And a lot of, like you said, you didn't remember the first year. There's just so many decisions to make, 
so much to do. And so you kind of get into this like autopilot, like I'm going to just do the next thing. And so sometimes that might mean we're not as thoughtful. So if you can think before you have to face it, like if you can plan, that would be amazing. But if you can't, it's good to know that this time I'm just sort of trying to get through. So maybe it'll be good to slow down and talk to someone or write out what I want. Uh, Cause emotions are kind of high at this moment. So yeah, like we cremated, I can't really remember a ton of stuff either. I know we just sort of went through the, went and did what like we felt was right. And that's all you can tell yourself. Like I did what I felt was right at a really hard time in my life. And was doing the best that I could. And that's like, those decisions were made. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Thinking back, I'm like, I didn't even know what a grief coach was. My mom passed five years ago and I'm like, gosh, that would have been so helpful to have somebody with me holding my hand. Like, oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And and someone who's not a family member, because I'm sure you experienced family members have different opinions and everyone's yeah. Um, very upset and emotional. And so, yeah, having somebody outside of that dynamic is helpful. Yeah. We did not hold a funeral for my mom because we had decided before she passed, she also died of the cancer, you know, so we had somewhat of a short time to prep for the end. And um, she and I both decided together, we didn't want to do a funeral because she didn't want me standing there shaking people's hands that I'd maybe didn't even know it would be really hard. And we were both at peace with that. But a lot of family members did not understand why I didn't have a funeral, but it was something for her and I that we had decided together, you know? So yeah, you do come against some people who just don't understand the process that you specifically are going through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it would maybe have been helpful for you to try to understand yourself and understand how to communicate that with them. And just so it helps you not because you have to explain to anyone, but it helps you that they kind of are quelled a little bit. And yeah, understand. <laughs> that's the thing that people I think don't understand until you're put in the position of how many decisions there are, and then you have to be able to communicate those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so busy when somebody dies. And um, the interesting thing about my story is um like the deaths were so different. Of course, everyone's death is so different, but I really got to experience that firsthand of like, my dad died suddenly. I was there when he died. My sister died suddenly, but I wasn't there. So then the experience of the trauma of being there, the trauma of like getting the phone call and being hundreds of miles away. And then my mom had cancer. So she was dying and we were anticipating that death. And then she was on hospice. And so we were there, but you know, you expect it. And at that point, we were so done with funerals and everything. It just felt like too much. So, you know, we made the decision. Also, it was during COVID. So we made the decision not to do a funeral for her right away. And we did a celebration of life like 18 months later. So those are all really different experiences. Someone dies suddenly and you're there and you have this big funeral right away. Someone young dies suddenly and you're not there. And so those are all just so different. The flavors of grief and loss and what happens are so unique to that situation. How would you, or what would you recommend for friends maybe to support someone who is going through grief? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good question. I think a lot of people say the first year is the hardest. I don't know where that comes from. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot figure that out. If anyone knows, Right. <laughs> but that isn't necessarily true. The first year is survival. The first year is, I don't even remember, I'm just getting through. So when you're reaching out to someone, not to say you don't reach out and you're not there right after and it's a funeral and months after, but I would say to someone who hasn't experienced grief, about three months in, everybody who was reaching out to you has stopped You still don't know your own name as the griever. And then once that adrenaline starts to fade, like six months to a year in, nobody is really there necessarily reaching out in the same way anymore. And that's maybe when your friend really needs you. And you can just ask, what do you need? Or say, like, I can imagine, you know, this would be helpful. Would that be helpful for you? asking those kinds of questions, trying to understand what they need. But most importantly, I would say as a supporter, it's important to know on average, like grievers like to talk about their grief. 
They want to talk about their loss. They want to be heard. They want to be listened to. So you're not upsetting them by bringing it up. They're already upset. They're going to be upset for years. You're not making it worse. If you do somehow make it worse and they tell you just apologize and try to learn, but listen to them and get comfortable listening to them. It's helpful to bring it up. And if you're uncomfortable with their emotions, like that's something you need to deal with. But like, it does help them to talk. I hate it when people are like, how are you? And I'm like, how was my day at work? Or how am I since my dad died? Like, what? which one is it? And so I tell grievers, if they don't pick, you pick. If you want to talk about your grief, you talk about your grief. And then to supporters, say things like, how's your grief been this week? You've been on my mind a lot since your sister died. How is that going? How's your grief going? How can I support you? Or tell me some stories about your mom. And the holidays are coming up. What did you and your family used to do? I love that. Because you're right. People shy away from it and they don't know what to say because they don't want to trigger you. But it, it feels good when people bring it up. Like, oh yeah, they remember I went through a big loss. Yeah. 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 You're like life is triggering you. And they they can tell that you're coming from a place of caring. And maybe like being a little awkward or like having a misstep versus like trying to upset you. You know, we we communicate on so many other levels, like tone of voice, body language, gestures. You don't have to get the words right, but just saying, you could even say, I really want to ask about your grief. Are you wanting to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. And you, know, you don't I, have to I force know. them. It means something to that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is awkward. That's, you just need to embrace that yeah. awkwardness. <laughs> right. That's life. <laughs> That's communication, right? In general. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Is there anything else you can think of that you just really want to hit home regarding grief that I have not asked about? Yeah. So many, so many things about grief. Yeah. It's so complicated. Um, what I'll, I'll talk about two different things. One is that this is for grievers to understand. This is what I do a lot of educate people. Grief is exhausting. You're not operating at a hundred percent. What you used to be able to do, you're not going to be able to do anymore. So let those other things like go by the wayside or ask for help. It's okay to just get through the day and then go home and sleep. You're, you're not going to be operating at a hundred percent. It's going, it will come back. It will be okay. But like, if you can take care of yourself now, it will come back like more quickly. And, and you're a different person now. So you need to like figure that out. And sometimes that might mean you're not doing as much as you once did. Even if you're feeling better, you still might make different decisions, but you're not, you're tired. Grief is exhausting. Your body is tired. Your mind's tired. It's emotionally, physically, mentally draining. So people try to just get back to their life and then they're like frustrated and don't know why they can't. So that's something that I love to I tell people. It feels too like the world just keeps going. So we were like, oh, I better jump back in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Totally. Time. Yeah. And like, maybe you do have like real pressure, like um, a family or like a job that is just like, can you come back and jump back in right away? And so I understand there's things you have to keep doing, but then the rest of it, can you let your foot off the gas a little bit or let someone help you or, just be compassionate to yourself. Yeah. yeah. People probably need, need to hear that over and over. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it's been years and I find myself surprised that I can do things. Like my husband and I just went on a trip and I was like, wow, I was able to stay out all day. And I wasn't like forcing myself or pissed off about it. I was just doing it. I haven't done that in years. And I wasn't necessarily trying that or expecting that. I just start, it's like these little moments where you notice like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm yeah. like, you know, able to do this stuff again. And, um, and so that it just takes time. And another thing I'd say to people is grief is so hard on relationships so yeah. that is something that I would love to like talk about and it, like help people understand. So I guess for you, did you experience that? Yeah. My husband had lost his dad two years before I lost my mom. And so we went through two very important deaths in our life and they were different, just like yours were. His dad was sudden and we were away and my mom was, we were prepared and we did the hospice journey, you know? And so, yeah, it's difficult because even if you both understand grief or loss of a parent, 
they died two completely different ways too. And the processing is different. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I'm very avoidant. I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it. You know, <laughs> then you have to process how you even like relate to people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. It's so hard on relationships. And um, I think that you, sometimes you think like your husband would be the person who would like be the most supportive and help you. But it like, sometimes it's just really difficult. It's hard on the griever to relate to others. I like to say I was in the underworld. I was like not a part of earth. Some people say like, yes. I'm on a different planet. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's hard for me to relate to you when I'm in the underworld or on a different planet. And then I can imagine it's hard to live with a griefer every day. <laughs> so yeah. So supporters get your own support. And I think that's so important. And I would say like, Sometimes people say things like, I should leave this relationship or this relationship isn't supportive or maybe I should get a divorce or something. And I'll just say like, if that is true, if you're not supposed to be in this relationship, that will still be there after you've like kind of worked on your grief a little bit. Like that's not going to go anywhere. But if my theory is right, that your grief is impacting your relationship because you're different and it's just so difficult, then as you heal and you grow around your loss, the relationship will get better. And so I just like, don't do too much at once. Don't try to be grieving. And then like trying to like go leave this like relationship because it it might be a situation where maybe your partner comes into your grief session with you and they can under, they can hear from a professional and try to understand. And the professional can get that perspective of what's happening for them to help the griever understand. Like I, my husband used to say like, you it was so frustrating for him because he would see me like put on a mask and give to everyone else and be so great to them and as soon it was it's like that interaction was over I would just sort of like zone out again and he would just get the worst of me and then see that I had the capacity to do it not really a lot of capacity but a little bit and so that was really hurtful for him so I think like a partner understanding that would be helpful yeah oh that's so important and something I hadn't even really thought about and I think yeah. that's true for friendships too. I think as a griever, sometimes we expect certain things out of our friends and they can't meet it because they don't understand. And we may push those people away too. Oh my gosh, that's a good point. <laughs> to hold yeah. us yeah. and maybe they don't have that capacity yet. Yeah, absolutely. And so that goes back to knowing what you want, being able to say it, knowing how to communicate. It. And um, yeah, you've got to talk to people about what you need. And sometimes... I experienced this and other people have talked about it to you. Like you'll be surprised by who supports you. Yeah. 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 It's not the person you expect necessarily. Like I had a friend, she um, had lots of grandpa that was, she was really close to like in the realm of, you know, the huge loss. Like she really didn't understand, which like, that's okay. I didn't need her to, but she decided like, I'm going to call you every Monday and we're just going to talk and I'm just going to be there for you. And so I don't know if I really would have expected that versus someone like my siblings to be like the ones calling me every Monday, but of course they were struggling too. Yeah. You don't know who's going to show up. One of the hardest things for me was driving in the car. Cause that's where I would talk to my mom. I'd call her on the way to work, the way home, whatever. We, I don't even know what we talked about. So like in the car was super hard, but I had one friend who called me every morning on my way to work. Wow. You know, every single morning for, I think she still probably calls me most mornings now, you know, she just jumped in and it means so much and you just don't know who's, who understands that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so special. And it really, I'm sure developed that relationship even more. And um, yeah, like I, like, it was great that your friend called you. It was great that my friend called me and there's going to be times when you're in the car and no one's going to be calling uh, you and you've yeah. got to learn how to deal with that. <laughs> you grow through it for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of remember the first time I was like, I'm in the car. I'm not listening to a podcast or music to distract myself and I'm okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. I was so scary to lose my mom. Cause I was like, who else is going to answer my calls on the first ring? Who else answers calls anymore? But who's going to answer it on the first ring? Who's going to care what I bought at Costco? You know, just like those kinds of things. And like, I have a relationship with her still. It just looks different. And I can care about what I bought at Costco. Like I just found so much, like I find, I was like, I'm an adult now. Like my parents and like my sister is older than me. So she was almost like, you know, a caretaker for me too. So I just at first felt so scared. Like, how am I going to navigate life? And then I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I 
got married, bought a house, started a business. I like also closed their estates and decided about cremation and planned funerals. So you just really realize like what, what you're made of. And I just was like, wow, I'm really grown up now. Yeah. You find your strength. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, something that popped in my head. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about like time frames? Cause my life, when I think about it is divided into the before and the after it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that happened before my mom died. You know, yeah, yeah. you see frequently people kind of referring to mm-hmm. life is like, this was our phase. And now this is the phase. Yeah, absolutely. Because like we talked about, like you change, I say like a part of me died, I'm never going to be that person again. Even looking at those pictures of me, I'm like, oh, that, that poor little girl, like <laughs> she had no idea who is that person, even though to someone else, I would look exactly the same. But yeah, it is like the before time and then the after and um, that that's okay. Like it was a significant event in your life, losing your mom and your stepmom and that's so significant. Of course, that marks your life. And I'm sure the same way people say like, you know, before this relationship or before I had kids or before I, you know, started this new career. So it's just, it's a significant life event. And also in the realm of timeframes, you know, grief doesn't really have a timeline. It's not that it gets smaller and grief support isn't about getting over your loss, forgetting that person moving on. I'm never interested in that for people. It's about, you know, finding resources and strength for yourself and ways to support yourself and grow grow around your loss. So it doesn't really have a timeline. As you take care of yourself, yes, it can get like better, but it doesn't like end and you don't need to be at a certain place by a certain time. And it doesn't just go away after one year, like the second holiday might be worse. And the fifth holiday might be like suddenly terrible. So if you can be curious about time rather than expecting to be at a certain place that's much more helpful like I wonder how this holiday will be versus well I shouldn't be upset anymore because I've done so many holidays without them you never know sometimes life can trigger you like my wedding was hard like because none of them were there well actually the day of was great but leading up to it was hard oh I wouldn't have expected that I I guess I would have thought that the day of would be hard but leading up to it was hard <laughs> so yeah yeah we just don't know we don't know how we're going to react and you're right like my mom's been gone five years and it's changed but there are still days I'm like oh I didn't expect that to be hard yeah yeah, yeah absolutely she's your mom you're always gonna miss her and grieve for her and yeah sometimes it can like it can surprise you when it's hard years later but to me it's like oh wow like it feels like my dad, mom and sister is so far away, but then I can be like, so in that back in that moment of grief and feeling and some, it's like, Oh, wow. I really still am so connected. Uh, do you have, or ever recommend like a movement practice for people going through grief? Cause movement has helped me. And of course my background is a physical therapist. It just comes naturally, but moving yeah. like yoga has been great. Is there anything you've found that helps people? Yeah. And like research shows that uh, movement does help. So gentle walking is what I would probably recommend the most. Um, And yeah, yoga. I've been in, I've like cried in yoga classes before. So sometimes that might be really hard for people, especially early, early on the beginning days, or maybe it's not beginning days, but they've just started working on their grief for the first time in a while. So that you, I just want to like, point out that it might be like it's stirred up and a little more sensitive so you could try the yoga at home if you're embarrassed about like crying in the class or something but if it's early days of grief and your body feels so heavy movement will help you just walking stretching yoga at home nothing intense really because that can be almost like um it can just be hard you don't have a ton of energy yeah Yeah. More draining on your nervous system for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just remember my body feeling so heavy. It was hard to like stand and do things and like my clothes didn't fit right anymore. Just everything was just off and terrible. Driving was hard. Like everything was just really hard. So I think finding um, gentle movement that's safe. So what I would do is like walk the same path a lot at this like park. And so it was like, okay, I don't want something new. I'm not like curious about the world. The world is threatening and everything is scary. So I'm going to go to this place that I've gone to so many times and I'm going to walk this path. I know what's happening. I know what to expect. And 
touch in with these like safe places and I don't have to go to all the parks in the city and try all these different things. Like this isn't the time for it. I'll be curious again, but I'm not today. I like that. The same path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, you threw in there, your clothes didn't fit the same. And I mm-hmm. that myself. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just touch on that a little. I mean, we change our diet. Some people eat more, some people eat less. We all grieve differently. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, people talk about like being hard to eat, like gaining and losing weight. I guess for me thinking about my clothes didn't fit the same. It was like just nothing like set right for me. It was almost like a um, sensory issue a little bit, but yeah, like you can gain or lose weight and um, also like time keeps moving. And so you're not really maybe going out and shopping and getting things that are like new and on trend. And (laughs) you're just like, I just want to be in these sweatpants all the times so and then putting yourself back in those before clothes. It just is like, Oh, what? Like that doesn't feel right sometimes. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I lost a ton of weight. I just could not eat. And the, one of the biggest things people did because I have three children was people brought us food, which, cause I couldn't even think about cooking. You enjoyed cooking. I couldn't, even <laughs> think about, I'm not a good cook anyway, but But thankfully, when people brought us food, it fed my family. That's what I kept thinking. Okay, they can eat because I can't manage to do that, you know, Um, but I wouldn't eat. And so, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. And then you're and then you're like self-conscious of that, too. I feel terrible and I look terrible, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What was it like grieving your mom and being a mom? It was hard because I would shove a lot of things down because I wanted to appear. And this is wrong. I've learned a lot in the last few <laughs> years through a lot of therapy. I hid my emotions in front of my children, which was not a good strategy because I didn't want them to be sad. I wanted to support them, but I didn't allow them to even grieve because I just thought I needed to protect them. I didn't want them to be sad. Yeah. 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 So I go. She died in our home and I would go in that room after they were asleep and cry by myself because I didn't want them to see that. But, you know, mm-hmm. now yeah. I'm like, oh. but we, yeah. don't, we just don't know the right things. Yeah. Do, you know? You're just trying to stay afloat. And that's a, like having compassion for yourself. You just did the best that you could. But, like grief is a part of life and you can talk about it now with your um, daughters and, you know, showing them it's okay. Like to, you're going to get through this and you can experience these emotions it's not gonna you know overwhelm you like this is a part of life and um I like I like to encourage families to be open about their grief together yeah I wish I would have known that at the time I wish I would have been more vulnerable and they could have seen this is normal you loved your mom this is hard you know but Mm -hmm. instead I just tried to present this very strong mother figure and take care of them Mm -hmm. you know so yeah we learn along the way yeah well also like this culture of like you have one week to have bereavement leave and then you're back to work and you're back to doing everything. And the, I mean, it's not just like what you did wrong, but it's sort of like what's almost expected and this message in society of just, we don't want to deal with anything that's not positive. We're always like trying to be happy and positive all the time. And grief is outside of that. It's different. And I think that other people want you to kind of get better. Other people might have a timeline for you and you feel that I'm sure. Yeah. And you brought up work. Like I had taken off weeks before she passed, you know? So then after she passed, it was almost like, Oh, I got to get back to work. You know, whether that was their expectation or mine, because you, you do feel a little guilt, you know, about Mm -hmm. gosh, I've already missed this much work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to like do do something normal, like do the next thing, like get back to life. And I tell people if like a couple months later, if you've kind of been on autopilot, if you can step back or slow down, like when they start to realize like I'm slacking at work, I've gotten some feedback about that, or I can't do what I need to do. That might be a sign that that initial protective adrenaline and shock is wearing off. And that might be the time, of course, maybe it was nice to just get back and do something that you were good at, but then it's like, okay, now I need to take some time. I think that's true for a lot of men I see too. I mean, women too, but like men, they're like, I'm good at work. I know what to do. I, I can just go and do that. It's like when I come home and I don't know what to do with myself and my grief. And that can be really hard. Like overwhelm at that point. Mm-hmm. The adrenaline wears off. Yeah. 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 Um, do you see men and women grieving differently? Is there anything you could kind of separate about the two? 
Yeah. I mean, we all do grieve differently. And I would say that, yeah, I think another like kind of society thing that it's harder for men to be vulnerable, to cry, to be open. They're not as used to, or as good at talking about their feelings. They may not have as many close people. Um, and so that like them needing support is so important because like they might not have a community. Whereas like women are encouraged to make close friends and be open and vulnerable. You're encouraged to do that your whole life. So you have more of a community. And whereas men, maybe their community is like their wife, who's also grieving the loss of their child or their wife who died. And so it's just very complicated. I think if you, if you don't have the ability to express yourself or to know what you want, it's hard even if you do. So like, kind of imagine not knowing that how to do that and that always being discouraged throughout your life. Ah, yeah, that's so important. So I hope there are some men who tune in to listen to this too, because they need someone to talk to and a coach would be a safe place to mm-hmm. look and learn those communication skills. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, if they could find some supportive people, I think that would be helpful to them. Like not, you don't have to have it all figured out. It's just having a place to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any final words of wisdom for the audience or anything you would just want to get out there, encourage people about grief? Final words about grief. What am I always saying about grief? <laughs> well, I feel like Instagram I'm is chock full of stuff. I'm so proud <laughs> of you for how consistent you are and vulnerable on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to be more open about myself too on there. Cause I think that's important to you to just normalize it. I, I think like, yeah, grief is inevitable. It's unavoidable. It's just a part of life. And it's not like the being happy all the time, being positive all the time. Like that maybe isn't like going to be to your benefit when you're going through life because it's not always happy and positive and like emotions are information. So it's not like being mad is a bad thing and being happy is a good thing. It's like, I'm angry because the boundary was crossed or I didn't get what I needed. And if I can see it as information, then I can do a better job of getting what I need. So I would say, yeah, like grief is inevitable and your emotions have valuable information for you. So if you suppress them, you're not really helping yourself know what you need. You're know, so you shaking your head no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <you're> <laughs> so true. Yeah. It is information. Uh, I love that phrase. Oh, we have to feel it to heal it too. Yeah. 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 And like grief is almost like this fog or this smoke that's like taking up space. And you can't like grab onto it. And so mm-hmm. like talking about it, writing about it, doing these rituals, you're making it more solid, something that you can hold and look at. And then if you need to put it down on the shelf, you could put it down and then you could come back to it. And so if you can find a way to kind of make it more tangible, like putting language to things so helpful, putting language or like metaphors, like someone said yesterday, I feel like a ship without a rudder. And so that really helped me understand it. Okay. You're feeling lost. Mm -hmm. You're feeling like you don't know where to go. You don't have direction. You don't even have the ability to go anywhere. You're sort of stuck. So that really helped him be able to, like explain to me how he was feeling and know it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. so important. I love that. Well, how can people reach out to you if they want to work yeah. with you? They can uh, message me on Instagram. I handle, like you said, the grief girly or send me an email. There's like a link in the Instagram page. And yeah, like I said, I'm happy to talk to somebody and see if it's a good fit, answer their questions, just let them, you know, hear a little bit about me. But if they are interested, there's stuff like these podcasts and things I've done on my Instagram page. So Instagram is probably the best way. I can't like coach you through Instagram, you know, but you can get started. We can get each other's information. Do you have a website also? Yeah. And it's linked in the Instagram page. So I'm just mentioning that because I actually have some clients who don't use social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The the griefgirly.com. Yeah. That's yeah. the uh, website. And there's like a form you can fill out and um, like just, just send me an email or Shay at the grief girly is a good way to just send me an email. And we will link all of this in the show notes for people also, but yeah, yeah. just like different avenues for reaching out. But I've been surprised yeah. lately how many people are kind of dropping social media, you know, or giving it a oh, break. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Like, definitely can come out on my website and uh, I'm happy to talk to anyone. If you're 
a supporter, I would like help you too. So if you have a griever in your life and they don't want to do the grief work yet, or that's not the avenue for them, but you, you need support as well. Like we talked about, I'm happy to help you navigate how to support a griever in your life. And um, even if the grief was a long time ago, you know, it could still be knocking you off balance and it's not too late and it, it doesn't just go away. Time just doesn't heal it. So we can, there's not a timeline on my end of like how soon or how, how long it's been to work on your grief. I love that. That's so important. Cause even in my head, sometimes I'll say it's been five years and I feel like people will think that's a long time. I should be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think like five years is really not that long. No. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know we do that thing with like, oh, I need to get over it by now. But with it yesterday, this this person should be okay. Her mom or her sister, or whatever, died, you know, seven years ago. We think they're over it, but the, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And you, and like the point of uh, working with somebody is not to get over it or move on or forget about it. Like we're growing around the loss. And so I think maybe people are afraid that working on it means trying to get over it or get better. And yeah. it's not really about that. At least with me, it's not about that. Yeah. No, I think that's a fear too, that people don't want to address it because they might forget their loved one or yeah, that's an important. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's so interesting. Like we, we don't want to feel the intense emotions because they're so horrible, but then feel it like not feeling them feels bad because we feel like farther away from them. So then creating something like a ritual, you can go to that and have that connection and you can check in with your grief at any time. Yeah. Did you say you had, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but the candle, I'm going to get a candle today. Um, do you have different colors for your yeah. mom and sister? What, can you tell us what colors? Yeah. Um, I wish I had them in here. So, so they're like these cute little, like tall, like prayer candles from Patty Wax here in Nashville. Okay. And um, there's a, uh, my sister's is black and it says like, um, if anything is possible, if you can believe it. And so like, I liked that quote for her. Uh, my mom's is blue and it says like, breathe in, breathe out. And she was like, always telling me to calm down. <laughs> so I was like, that's my mom's. And her favorite color was blue. And then um, the I have a green one that's um, my dad's. And it's like, um, like it's all, it says it's all good. And green was his favorite color. And so like, yeah, like those, they just represent each of them to me. And I love them. And it was like fun to do that and pick them out and laugh about why that quote reminded me of them or, you know, that color and that scent. I love that. Patty Wax, you said. Yeah, Patty Wax. Yeah, it's a Nashville company. The candles are made here. They don't sponsor me. I wish they did because I spend a lot of money there. <laughs> and yeah, there and now. Yeah, yeah. So you can like check out their website. They are called the candles. They're called like Spark. I don't know if they still have that collection. They're changing their stuff all the time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was like when I saw those like prayer candles, I was like that because I wanted to make like sort of like an altar or something like with pictures and candles and I saw those and I was like oh this is perfect it's like this kind of prayer candle vibe but modern and not really religious <laughs> yeah yeah I'm gonna check them out thank you so much thank you for yeah. everything thank you for your time this was so wonderful and I'm sure just needed for so many people thank you yeah, for I hope so yeah if anyone's going through grief like it's hard we get it and we understand that it is hard and people will understand and like support you. So reach out and you deserve support. Love that. I love that. All right, everybody. Thank you. Please go check out the grief girly and patty wax apparently. <laughs> All right. Have a great week.